You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, are you ready to receive the word today? We want to welcome those joining us on social media, whatever avenue you're on. The dictionary gives us a definition of the word purpose. It says the reason or use for something, the cause, the motive, or the why. There's really no possible way that you can enjoy life, that you can be happy in life, that you can experience any kind of fulfillment in your life without knowing the why for you, without knowing the purpose for you. And as I said it last week, there's just more to cover on this topic than I could possibly cover in a 30-minute sermon. So rather than keep you here till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we opted for a part one. I want to welcome you today to part two of Purpose is Essential. Purpose is essential. With the podcast being free and easy today, if you missed the first six points of last week, I encourage you to go back, hear those, get yourself up to speed as we will begin with point seven today. We've just come out of a year when a power-hungry governor assumed the position of deciding who is essential and who is non-essential. And people, not only in our state, but in states all across our country, people, people, God's people were labeled as non-essential workers. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says about you. We got to address this. Well, a ball game to you is non-essential. I get that. We don't have to have ball games. Well, except to the children whose parents make a living selling hot dogs and running those concession stands in those large stadiums, ball games are very essential. To a family whose dad runs the maintenance of that entire stadium, ball games are very essential. You, you can say ball games are non-essential, but for many, those that are parking cars and, and those that are making balls, selling balls, shipping balls, I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. When you say somebody is non-essential, there is a ripple effect of you thinking today that you're not essential. I get this, and I, I said this last week. I could sit in my office in the Capitol, in a big padded office chair, and with all the confidence in the world, I could say, Barbara's hairstylists are non-essential. With all the confidence in the world, I can say hairstylists are non-essential workers. That just may not be true for everybody. They have been non-essential to me since, since I was 18 or 19 years old. They got less and less essential at 17. It started going down the drain in my shower. But this church is not going to sit on the sidelines and preach some soft, feel-good sermon and allow anti-biblical thinking to overtake God's people. We're not going to do that here. 
When a government has removed God from the center of our focus, then it's easy to say, you're non-essential, you stay home, and we'll just send you a check for doing nothing. But when you recognize God as a creator of all, then you see purpose in life. There's no way to look at the order of this universe and all of God's creation. There's no way to look at that and not know God. fact is, Romans 1 addresses that. It says, the truth is evident in all mankind when you look at the order of creation in the universe. It's, God's made it evident with everybody. The only way you can deal with that is suppress the truth. And we're not in this church going to suppress truth and allow God's people to be told they're non-essential. This church is not going to sit on the sidelines and let you, members of this church, be told you are not essential to this workforce. I want our young people to grow up in this church. All of our young people, I want each one of you to know you are important. You are on an assignment. You have a job to do. I want our young people in this church to grow up understanding God created you and he created you for a purpose. And don't you let this modern society tell you that you were an accident, that you time plus chanced in here, that you are just an, a part of evolution. God created you. God created you. And don't you buy into this ideology that's around today telling you that you have no purpose. On the stage with me today are the tables full of stuff to illustrate this sermon. The problem with this stuff on this table is that this is not an all-inclusive list. Anything and everything that you could put on this table would illustrate this sermon because there's nothing on this sermon that was first created and then we begin to tr look at it and see what we could do with it. See, there was a need. There was a need for this. Not many of you understand this. But us hot flash husbands know all about this right here. Some of you have no idea what I said. You will. Your time's coming. There's a vital need for that, and I'm running for it. See, there was a need for this. There was a need for this first before it was ever built. Oh, God talks about this in Ephesians 1, before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world, God saw a need for what he created you to do. We don't look at this and wonder what could we do with it. We don't look at that and try to figure out what could I do with that. There's a need for it. There is a need for that. With no exception. And anything we could pick up and put on this table, it's essential that you see your purpose. The fact that you're here tells me God has something for you to do. Nothing on this table, time plus chance in here. Molecules didn't bang together for a billion years and this fell out. 
That didn't happen. This was, there was a need seen, and this was created to fill that need. And for a billion years, you can bang molecules together, and that's not going to ever fall out. That's not going to come out. There was a need for that, and a creator built that. Never say. Never let anyone tell you that what you do is non-essential. Don't ever, ever let anybody tell you you are non-important. You're not essential in life. Maybe sitting in office in a Capitol building somewhere, you don't see this as essential. But there's a lot of people that this makes all the difference in the world to. Every single day. For those listening on podcast, I'm holding up a level. I forget to interpret that for those who don't have visual reference for us. You're a hero. You're a hero. Heroes work at every place of business. I'm not opposed to the few signs around town that say heroes work here. I'm not opposed to those, but I am opposed to them implying that heroes don't work everywhere. Every business ought to have a sign up that say heroes work here. As a matter of fact, I want every mom and dad to put a sign in their house, heroes live here. Because if you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for your kid, you're a hero to that kid. If you take your neighbor to a doctor's appointment because they can't drive themselves to that person, you are a hero. Heroes live everywhere and they do all kinds of things all day, every day, worldwide. Heroes live right here. Heroes go to this church. You are a hero. And you have to get this in your mind or you will suffer from insecurities. Low self-esteem. I don't know what to do. I'm so depressed. Let depression overwhelm you because your life doesn't have any meaning. You have no significance. Come on. You got to see yourself as vitally important. You have to see what you do as essential. And you see yourself as a hero. When I'm sick, doctors and nurses are heroes. I want all of our healthcare workers in this church to know we appreciate you. We appreciate all you do. And all of our healthcare workers, you are a hero. I want you to know that. But when I'm walking barefooted on hot, sharp rocks, to me, a hero is a guy that made these boots, shipped these boots sold these boots, and I got them on. That boot maker is a hero to me. Yes, heroes work in a hospital, but heroes work in welding shops too. I can tell you right now with 100% certainty, when my toilet's overflowing, the plumber is a hero. The plumber is a hero. Electrician is a hero. My wife wants electricity back on. She don't do well with no electricity. Every member of this church has got to see yourself and what you do as important, as significant, and see yourself as a hero. You are important to daily life. Well, now, Tim, hold on. We say heroes work in the medical profession because they deal with viruses every day. I get that. My roofer 
got up on a 28-foot ladder and got up on a second-story roof. He put himself in harm's way. He's a hero. My plumber got out on the highway and drove himself to my toilet. He's a hero because he put himself in harm's way to get there. When you volunteer, when you just drive your neighbor to a doctor's appointment over in Little Rock, I can tell you right now, you put yourself in harm's way when you got out there on that highway. There's some nuts out there. Have you seen them? My goodness. My goodness, you're a hero. See, here's what I'm telling you. I just refuse to allow the members of this church who God created for a purpose to see themselves as inferior, insecure, and depressed because you're non-essential in life anymore. I refuse to allow our kids to grow up in this church feeling insecure, feeling life has nothing for them, and being suicidal at 12, 13, 14 years old because they don't come. Not in this church. Not here. Our young people are going to be inundated with week in and week out. Me standing here telling you you're vital, you're important, and you got a purpose in this life. You're going to have to get that. You're a hero for what you do. Last week, we gave six things that we need to know about purpose. Today, we want to continue on with six more basic principles about purpose that we have to be aware of each and every day of our life. Number seven, God is a God of purpose. You got to know this. God is a God of purpose. He never made anything for nothing. God does everything with a purpose and for a purpose. Genesis chapter 6, we read, God purposed to save Noah from the flood before he told Noah to even build an ark. Genesis 25, we read, God purposed younger Isaac would be served by older brother Esau even before Rebekah had given birth to those twins. First Chronicles and Second Samuel. King David's son, Solomon, would be the one to build the temple long before Solomon was born. Long before Solomon was born. Isaiah, we read, that God determined a virgin would have a son. Hundreds and hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. God is a God of purpose. God is a God of purpose. On and on, the Bible tells us God's a God of purpose. And you're not here by any accident. He's got something for you to do. All of creation, all of nature is indisputable testimony to the fact that God is a God of purpose. To think you're an accident is foolish beyond words. To think this is an accident is is foolish beyond words. There was a purpose. There was a need. There was a plan for it. That was not an accident. We had a bunch of big bolts, and we had cables that we couldn't cut. And so we made these bolt cutters. We designed these bolt cutters to cut a big cable. That didn't accidentally happen here. You're here on purpose. You're here on purpose. Young people, you refuse to buy into this notion that we're being taught today that you're an accident God's a God of purpose and you are a part of his creation number eight everything in life has purpose now listen to this ignorance 
of purpose does not cancel it. Ignorance of purpose does not cancel it. I'm holding this long whisk up. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my place is in life. It doesn't do anything to change the purpose of this. All of that that you're going on with, I just feel so short and fat and stupid and ugly. That right there still fry an egg. It'll still cook a big pot of spaghetti. See, it does, because you're wallowing all that insecurity and all that self-pity and I just feel so dumb and I just feel so stupid. And I, your purpose doesn't change. Ignorance of purpose does not cancel God's purpose for you. Hairs in my nose trap germs and pollen and dust. Bees carry pollen on their legs to different plants. And the wax in my ears have purpose. Now, you may be dealing with some insecurity today. But dear God, if wax in your ears has importance, surely there's something that you're good at. Surely to goodness there's something that you're here to do. Come on, this ought to build great faith in your heart. If earwax has purpose, hey, I'm, <laughs> look at me. Get your cameras out, boys. Without understanding what I'm talking about today, life can be very hard. Life can be very monotonous. Life can become very mundane. Changing diapers and 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 changing, cooking meals and cleaning up the kitchen and cooking meals and cleaning up the kitchen and cooking meals and cleaning up. See, it, it, it can get very monotonous, very mundane. But when you begin to see, when you begin to see your life and the purpose that you live in and you begin to see the fact that your consistency of cooking those meals produces a stability in your kid's life, produces a consistency in your kid's life. Them seeing mom and dad do what they do day in and day out, day in and day out, that child grows up with the ability to hold down a job, stay married to the same person, stay working at the same company, stay committed to the same church. See, you are instilled, are you getting this today, church? You're by your monotonous day in and day out. You go to work, you make a paycheck, you spend it. You make a paycheck and you spend it. And you make a paycheck and you spend it. If you don't get this message today, you're doomed to twist off. You're doomed to explode on the inside. You're doomed to go out looking for some excitement because you can't take what you're doing each and every day until you know I'm on assignment by God and I'm fulfilling a purpose and I'm doing something of vital importance in this life. You are vital. You are vital in the people around you's life. Number nine, and you've got to know this. Not every purpose is known. Now, we serve an infinite God who sees the beginning from the end. And we are confined to a finite mind. So clearly, you will not understand every purpose of God. But you not knowing the purpose for some things 
Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Does not stop God's purpose for it. Careful about making quick and hasty decisions when you don't understand why. A one-year-old boy does not have the mental capabilities. He doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the years of experiences behind him to even understand how this skill saw works, why it works, what it's to do, and you just well leave it on the shelf and just save yourself a bunch of time trying to explain to a one-year-old the whys of this skill saw. God, why'd this happen? Why did that happen? Why'd that happen? I, I, I don't even want to waste time talking to you about that because you don't have the capability of understanding this skill saw. But now, 10 years later, in that boy's life, there are some things about this skill saw that he can understand. There are some concepts about this skill saw that after 10 years of life, now he may not really get a hold of this thing and make it hum, but he can understand some basic concepts of the whys of this skill saw. 40 years of that boy's life, he can make a living with this skill saw. He can support his family with this skill saw. Don't come and ask me why this have to happen to me. Let's give it 40 years and then we make him talk about it. Let's give this event 40 years and then we'll evaluate it. See, because at one year old, you can't, they know since him coming to my office and us talking about this skill saw, but 40 years from now, you may be making a living. You may be supporting your whole family with what just happened that you don't have the whys to right now. Not every person, not every purpose is known, and there are some purposes right now that you just can't know. That's why we live by faith, and that's why we trust God. We live by faith, we trust God, and we put that skill saw on the shelf until we get old enough to use it for God's purposes in our life. Number 10, I want you to pay close attention to this. Whenever a purpose is not known, abuse happens. When you don't know the purpose of this, this electric drill, you don't know the purpose of this, abuse can happen. You don't know the purpose of this, so you want to play rubber ducky with it in the bathtub. You will abuse this thing. You will abuse this thing when you don't know the purpose, you'll suck something up your nose that you didn't need to put up your nose. See, when you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abort something that God was forming in that womb. See, when you don't know the purpose of something, you'll abuse your one, two, three-year-old child. But when you don't understand purpose, then abuse will happen. Abuse will happen. When you don't understand the purpose of this young woman... You human traffic them and sell them for money. When you don't know the purpose of God's creation for you, you begin to sell your own body and cheapen yourself. See, when you don't know the purpose that God has for you, abuse happens. You got to know. Sometimes I'll know the purpose. Sometimes I won't. But I got to be very, very careful. And I got to walk away from that bottle of alcohol right now. I got to turn my back on that bottle of alcohol because I'm aware abuse could happen. I'm aware abuse can happen. I'm not going to spend one day high 
out of my mind because I'm here on a divine assignment and God has a purpose for me. Number 11, if you want to know the purpose of a thing, ask the creator of that thing. If you want to know the purpose of something, ask the one that created it. The Bible is our owner's manual in life. And you read God's word, you read the owner's manual, and it will tell you the purpose of this. It'll tell you the purpose of it. Whenever I look at this electric drill, the manual says, don't put it in the water. Don't plug it up and put it in the water. It's my drill. It's my drill. I can do whatever I want to. And nobody died and left you king. You ain't going to tell me what to do. Whoa, whoa. The Bible's not trying to ruin your life. The Bible is telling you if you'll do this and you don't do that, you'll get the longest life out of this. Bible's not trying to keep you from having any fun. It's trying to keep you living healthy, living long, living blessed, living prosperous. I don't read that old book telling me, well, don't do this and don't. It's just full of a bunch of don'ts. Read an owner's manual. Read an owner's manual. It's not against you. The owner's manual's not trying to ruin your life. The owner's manual's trying to see that you get the longest life out of that thing. Are you hearing this? If you want to know the purpose for something, go to the creator of that. Go to the creator of that. Now, here's what happens. Your friend says, I think I'm going to a tech college, and I'm going to get in the food industry. Your other friend says, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Why do you want to get in the food industry? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's stupid. Okay, so this guy folds on his plan to get in the food industry and goes to a tech college and majors in construction when that wasn't his gifting at all. If you want to know the use for something, refer to the owner's manual and see what it is that God created you to do and don't go around asking your friends what it is that you're supposed to do because the guy that was created to shine a bright light was not the guy that was created to cut nuts and bolts. Is this making sense to you? I don't mind having a conversation with my friends. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. But it's not going to make me insecure about what God has called me to do in life. You pattern yourself after your purpose. You don't pattern yourself after your friend's purpose. You look to God and you follow His purpose for your life. Number 12, purpose is the key to fulfillment. Not money, not more stuff, not a big house, not a new car, and I'm not against any of those. I'm not against you having a new car once a month if that's what you want to do. But doing what God created you is the only way you will be fulfilled in life. And the problem is we're looking for fulfillment in all of this stuff. This fire extinguisher, it can be in a little house. It can get moved to a bigger house. It can get moved to a huge mansion. It can get moved to a mansion that has a six-car garage and every, every bay in that garage has an expensive car in it. But the only fulfillment that this fire extinguisher will get is when it puts out fires in life. 
The size of your house will not bring fulfillment to you. The only fulfillment you do, you'll have in life is doing what God has created you to do. Now, I think it's great if you're a fire extinguisher in a mansion. That'll be a lot of fun. I'm hanging there with pride. But if you're looking for fulfillment, if you're looking for fulfillment in life, it's not going to come from more money. And it's not going to come from a new car. Fulfillment in life is going to come as you fulfill the purpose that God has created for you. Purpose is the key to fulfillment in life. Purpose is the key to fulfillment in life. I want you to know, God is a God of purpose. Everything in life has purpose. I want you to know, not every purpose is always immediately known. And then I want you to be careful. When purpose is not known, I want to caution you, that's a good time for abuse to happen. When purpose is not known, be careful, you're set up for abuse to happen. Don't ask other created things about your purpose. Don't ask your friends about your purpose. You get a hold of God. You get a hold of God and find His purpose for you. We're all looking for fulfillment in life, and it don't come through stuff. I want this church to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, don't you ever let anyone tell you you are a non-essential worker. I want every member of this church, I want you to fight. I want you to fight with everything that's within you to take those thoughts captive of insecure, of stupid, of ugly. I want you to fight within you to take those thoughts captive. There's nothing more for me to do. At my age, I'm too old, I'm too worn out, I'm too much of a has-been. There is nothing. Come on, you fight those thoughts with everything in you. You take those thoughts captive and you put your pants on every day knowing God's got a purpose for me today. God's got a purpose for me today. And I am going to be out here fulfilling God's purpose for me today. Each day, you see yourself as vital you see yourself as important. You see the fact that you have been created by God and the fact that you're still alive, you got to know that you have a purpose and that you are essential. Your purpose is essential. Y'all stand with me. I want just a few minutes before we leave here today. I, I, just, I, I want it to be you and God. If you want to, raise your hands. If you want to, close your eyes. Just, just you and God. Just you and God right now. Just you and God. Repeat after me out loud. God, I recognize you as my creator. I clearly see you have a purpose for me. As I live each day, fulfill your purpose through me. Fulfill your purpose in me. God, use me. God, use me. I submit my life into your hands. Here I am. Use me. Come on, church, all of us, all of us. God, use me. Have your way in my life. God, I see you created me with a purpose. I'm not done. I'm not too old. I'm not too weak. I'm not too stupid. I'm not too, I'm not too dumb. Come on, God, use me. Use me. God, here I am. Use me. I submit my life for your will and your purpose.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You have a great week as you live your purpose. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.